Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, Turning Trials into Triumphs, Seeking and Embracing Success. Uh, coach Todd Hall is here, your host for today. I am so grateful to be here and grateful for all of you tuning in. I'm super excited for today, for our guest. Can't wait for you to meet him. With us today, we have Jay Lee. Jay is a husband. He's a dad to three amazing kids. He is a Christ follower. He is it's Jay, aka he's also known as the Sales Ninja. And there's a lot more, a lot more than just what I've mentioned. So with that, Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you. Please, please fill in anything I missed in that intro. Thank you, Todd, for having me on the Why Not Me show. I think it's a perfect segue for the trials, tribulations turning to transformation and triumph. Um, in addition to what Todd did with the incredible intro, I, I just um, have been in the banking space, former introvert, um, literally got transformed by God and became an instantaneous extrovert and evangelist, which was a surprise to me. And through that, I got into the high ticket coaching space and was able to go from financial woe to financial wins through a sales ninja coaching business that I started last January of 2022. And the journey getting there and to where I am today was not an easy one. Well, <laughs> That begs the question, uh, what was that journey like? Fill, fill us in on how, yeah, how that went. So thanks for sharing and asking, Todd, and all the viewers out there. You know, growing up in an immigrant family here in Toronto, Canada, my parents, um, Korean, you know, moved to Toronto, Canada. Both of them had to work their tails off, and there were no free handouts in life. Um, you know, my dad was a dairy scientist had a full ride or scholarship in Denmark. And my mom was a uh, nurse uh, practicing. When they came to Toronto, their education meant nothing. They didn't know the language and they didn't have any family or friends. So when I say they started from scratch with nothing, they literally started from scratch with nothing. Um, in order to pay for their education, they had to work two, three jobs from assembly work to stores to whatever they could find. They worked at a hobby shop and make ends meet. <clears throat> so let's just say that there were no free handouts in life as I was growing up as a child. And, you know, having to go to the discount store uh, was pretty embarrassing uh, because everyone knew that there was the big logo that said that you shopped here. Um, and there was always this longing of like trying to belong, but because people saw what you wore and how you lived, it was already, um, you know, excluding you from you know, the different crowds in school. So it was, it was tough growing up. Um, 
that that's that's maybe a segue for a start of the trials. Yeah. So what comes to mind is just how you how you developed as a young man. Were there like how did that affect you and your your uh, how you thought about yourself, your experiences growing up? How how did that help to shape you into uh, the man you are today? You know, I, I listened to a TED talk um, about the key to success, and there was a I think it was a Harvard study where they studied over fifteen thousand people over fifteen years. Um, I may be butchering some of the numbers, but the gist of it was the formula for success had nothing to do with inheritance, um, finances. It had nothing to do with education. Had nothing to do with um, you know that kind of upbringing and that kind of um, background per se, which was shocking to me because I thought if people had a head start or had a different environment, um, that would be a contributing factor, which I do believe it is. However, the overwhelming data results showed over the years that two um, main reasons of success were dependent on passion and perseverance. And they termed and coined the phrase grit, G-R-I-T. Grit is a combination or the marriage of passion and perseverance. <clears throat> so growing up in an immigrant family with no free handouts, um, nothing you know on a golden platter made me work 10 times harder uh, than the average person in my school, whether it was academics, whether it was music, whether it was sports. Um, and the same goes in business. So I believe that that work ethic, that drive, that focus helped me not only to be a good competitor, but also helped me to overcome so many trials so many tribu tribulations but along that journey you know over decades was you know the, the whole question of why not me why why couldn't i have a better situation why couldn't i have a better family why couldn't i have a better you know um financial situation so those are questions that lurked throughout the journey so it was it was a tough journey as you reflect back so you mentioned that you were an introvert and, and had this transformation do you i guess the question is more it's an opinion do you think people are either naturally introverted or extroverted because as i think of your story it seems like some of that upbringing and being um shunned is the word that comes to mind by by classmates and peers just because of your your family situation if there was a withdrawing process um, that happened to you or if you were always an introvert until the transformation. Just what, what are your thoughts on that? That's a great question. Um, to unfold that, I, 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 have a, I, have a, I have a theory that says I was never meant to be an introvert, but because I lived in a sheltered life where my parents tried to protect me, I'm the youngest of three boys. So I pretty much lived under the shadow of my both my brothers. And I always like to work smarter, not harder. So all the uh, grunt of the discipline, of the spanking, of you know trying to listen and follow instructions, I learned from my brother's mistakes, and I didn't have to speak. So I just didn't have to speak, and that kind of and a lot of uh, hardships were you know the typical uh, Asian or the Korean Canadian performance driven parenting was because of a hardships because of lack of resources and finances because of trying to make ends meet was you know the drive to to do school well so the three um, prophetic 
occupations that my parents destined for me before we were born was you can be a dentist, doctor, or lawyer, one of the three. So those were pre-fixed uh, for us, and I had no desire to be any of those things. Um, but the whole point being is that, you know, I think I was meant to be an extrovert, but because there was so much oppression and suppression and just um, a lot of like, you know, stay humble, you know, you got to do better in school, don't brag, don't boast. If you got 92, make sure you don't leave out the 8% next time. I mean, it was a lot harsher than that. I'm being nice on this show, but man, we got beats. We got, you know, any weapon that they could find. Um, back in that time, you know, it was a different time in this day, you know, parents would probably go to jail, right? <laughs> <laughs> probably would. I, I'm curious. Did your two older brothers become a doctor, a lawyer, or a dentist? No, I, the, it, it's interesting enough that, um, it was a polarizing effect because, um, my parents had an incredible gift of turning every conversation into the doctor, dentist, lawyer. So if we were outside playing, I don't know, hockey, and then, you know, my mom or dad would say, Hey, if you actually studied, you could have a real job. And instead of playing hockey, you could be a doctor, dentist, or lawyer. We would be eating noodles. And they'd say, well, if you had a proper education, you wouldn't have to eat these instant noodles and you could be a doctor, dentist, lawyer. And it was like every single conversation, they were able to somehow reroute it back into the doctor, dentist, lawyer um, conversation. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, and so just li listening to you, I felt myself pushing away from being a doctor, lawyer. And oh, like, I know. Yeah, this, they, is, this is too much. <laughs> I'm like, get away from me. I don't want that. So how did you, so from that environment, how did you find yourself um, pastoring as a, and when I say that uh, vocationally, because I think we're all as believers, we're all pastors, but you actually did it vocationally. Um, so tell us how, how that came about. And then we'd love to hear the journey when, when God led you pushed you out of the cradle so to speak to to get uncomfortable again and try something new yeah so i was into banking so i was in the largest bank uh here in canada my parents loved that i was in the bank even though i didn't become a doctor dentist lawyer cha-ching that's going to be the catchphrase why not me why not be a doctor dentist lawyer it's not about that it's about what god wants us to be so i became a banker i was a national sales manager helped launch a very very successful platinum visa um, reward miles card, card, like an airline miles reward card. And I think in 18 months, we became the number one card of choice in all of Canada. So that was kind of my trajectory of kind of uh, corporate success, if you will. So I rose up the ladder, wanted to be a senior executive, VP, executive vice president before the age of 30. Very, very goal-oriented, very focused. And then I got this cartoon caption. God talked to me through cartoons. I love cartoons. I'm not I don't like reading a lot of books um, unless I really like them. I like pictures. They're just so much easier to read. Uh, read. That's not even reading. <laughs> They're just so much more entertaining. So anyways, I went to my um, uh, colleague's cubicle, and it was the year 2550 AD. There was two captions. On the left side was archaeologists mining ruins in the future. And in the second caption on the right was they found cubicles under the ruins. They found cubicles under the ruins. So 
you know, I was in the largest uh, bank in all of Canada, which is 70,000 employees. And I was on the 23rd floor in the head office in this golden tower. Um, it was gold plated. <laughs> and I was just like, my heart just sank. I just thought I'm here in this 70,000 employee company, which is the largest company, and I'm in a rat race. And at the end of, you know, my life and legacy, you know, what I have to show for it is just trying to climb that corporate ladder. And don't get me wrong. There are people that are doing amazing work there, but I felt for me, that wasn't my calling. So long story shorter, I prayed, I fasted, I reflected, and I was doing well in the corporate space, but I felt called to full-time pastoral ministry, which then led me to studying my Master of Divinity at um, Tyndale Seminary here in Canada, in Toronto, I mean, and going into full-time pastoral ministry for 10 years. And I'll let you know that when I made the decision to pivot from becoming a corporate banker to a pastor that in some sense was bankrupt in terms of my heart and spirit towards God, but also my finances also, you know, became broke. So I didn't do it for the money. And my parents were like, you're going in the exact opposite direction of why we came here so that you can be a cha-ching doctor, dentist, lawyer. And so they nearly disowned me. And it was a very, very um, difficult and tumultuous time of my parents not accepting my decision, not believing in me. Um, but longer story shorter, after many years, they saw the fruit of the ministry. They didn't realize that I was this evangelist that would help bring over 10,000 people to come to faith in Christ, help plant 10 churches. And um, they were blown away and just moved by how God was working beyond their ambitions and dreams for me. That's outstanding. Wow. Um, that's tremendous impact as well. That's, that's, a, that's a lot of folks uh, saved and a lot, of, a lot of churches created. Yeah. So then, so by any measure, you were successful as a, past, as a pastor. And you, you see, from, so I'm seeing a pattern. You get successful at something and you move on. So you, you're doing great in banking, <laughs> went into full-time ministry. Uh, we're doing, God did amazing things to you there. We're doing that. And then pivot again. And here, and so here we are now. Was it, it was from pastoring to, uh, to the sales manager, right? Or, or was there anything in between? No, pastoring to the high ticket closing and eating humble pie. And I know nothing. And can I learn a skill set that can actually help me pay my bills? because I feel like God's calling me uh, in a different season from pastoring to something else, but I have no skill set. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and I don't want to be a cha-ching doctor, dentist, lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there, I would imagine if I were in those shoes that there would be a certain amount of fear there. What did it feel like when you realized, hey, I'm leaving the church to do something else? I had no intention to leave the church. I had no intention of leaving pastoral ministry. I was a lifer. I was called. I was comfortable in some sense. Um, I really, really enjoyed and was passionate about what I was doing. Um, we have something called MPD, which is Ministry Partnership Development, which is another way of you know getting donor support. So I was down to a whopping $1,000 a month. 
And um, in the ministry, my last role was as a regional evangelist for all of Canada. So my role was to train all the campus leaders, campus pastors, um, missionaries, and <clears throat> church leaders and church planters to uh, get better at becoming gospel fluent and also teach their house churches and their uh, leaders how to reach out to the community. And basically, they're churches and their campuses and their house churches were all growing. They're all effective. And the kind of next step was, hey, Jay, we're doing, you're doing some great work. We no longer need the role that you're doing. Uh, if you want to move to a remote place where they need more help in outreach, which is like Winnipeg or Edmonton, these are very cold northern places in um, Canada that I don't want to go to. Um, so sorry for the Winnipeggers and the Edmonton people. I don't feel called there. So I was like, I got to find something else to do. I basically saw an ad on Facebook and reached out to some sort of business growth consultant who looked like he was crushing it because I think he had a Lamborghini in the background. So surely he was doing really well, whether he rented the car or not. <laughs> and I did a video message to him, which was unheard of um, even today. And I said, Todd, if you were that business growth coach who was a millionaire, um, I looked at your ad and I am uh, impressed by the work that you're doing and the results that you're getting. I am a pastor and looking at learning and acquiring a skill set that is what is is in the realm of what you're doing. I don't really know anything of what you're doing, but I'd be open to becoming your right-hand man to learn from the bottom ropes and to do whatever it takes to help you continue in your success. It was kind of like that. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a shot in the dark <clears throat> and he messaged me back. We got into a Zoom call. This was a Sunday night. Within 30 minutes, he's like, okay, you got a lot of guts. He said a different word, but you got a lot of guts. And let me see if you're going to put your money where your mouth is. Um, so he ended up being in downtown Toronto in this penthouse suite because he was making a lot of money. And he said, why don't you come tomorrow to my penthouse suite and uh, let's see how it goes. And I'm like, okay, so this is Sunday night. And then I literally, in the next morning, I take the subway transit to downtown Toronto. My wife's like, where are you going? And I'm like, uh, it's hard to explain. <laughs> and, and then if I don't make it back, just, uh, just put on my, epi my, my tombstone, loved much, two words, loved much. Cause I don't know if I'm going to come back. I don't know if I'm going to get, you know, kidnapped. I don't know if, I, if they're going to, you know, dump me in a, in a field or something like that. So it was kind of scary. And I meet this guy. And, uh, you know, I go to his house for three months and I learn everything that he's done and I helped him increase his ticket price by 4,900% and, um, offer a brand new, um, program and pricing that he never offered and was one call closing $50,000 deals. That's like, you know, five years ago, that's unheard of back then. Um, mm -hmm. whereas his ticket price was anywhere from one to 10,000 at the time. So really, really increased his ticket price. And he was like, you have no idea what you're doing. You're a pastor. What do you know about my business? I'm like, absolutely nothing. But he's like, you know what? Let's have fun. I'm going to throw a bunch of leads to your calendar and I'm going to just prove you wrong. And then I started one call closing these 50K deals and he soared and sailed and skyrocketed in his business. And that was the launch of me closing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, pretty quickly out the gate. And then um, three and a half years later, I launched my own sales ninja coaching business because people were asking me 
and, and knocking down the front door saying, teach me how to sell, teach me how to sell. I'm like, I don't know how to sell. Okay, that's an amazing story. Uh, I love the just the the humility that you went into it with, right? I mean, uh, it's creative with the video letter, but essentially it's like, hey, I'm a I'm a pastor. I know nothing. Let me, you know, let me wipe up the crumbs after you and and see what I can learn. And from there oh to gosh. here, I literally I literally did that. And uh, oh my gosh, there's stories I probably cannot say on this podcast. But I remember one night um, there was a um, frozen dinner. It was like a you know those large Costco lasagnas that you would feed maybe eight people with. Yeah. Um, those large humongous ones. So I was actually preparing food for him because he was too busy, um, to cook and clean and to eat. So I was kind of like his maid and his cook. Um, anyways, so the next day I went in the morning, I find this empty, um, tray of that lasagna dish that's supposed to serve like a family of eight. And I said to him, what happened to this? And he goes, Oh, I, I was starving. I didn't get to eat all day. Cause I had like 12 calls and I ate it for dinner. I'm like, you ate the entire thing by yourself? He goes, not only did I eat the entire thing by myself, I didn't. It, I ate it frozen. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even put it in the oven. That's how hungry he was. I was like, oh, you're an animal. That's amazing. So what comes to mind is, and I, I'm sure there was more to it than that, but you weren't necessarily, I mean, you were helping him, but doing other things. And it seems that just the proximity um, lent quite a bit of value to you. Like just just being in the room, even if it was cleaning up last night's lasagna tray, um, just proximity to somebody that was farther along in the journey. And in this journey, it was in sales and and, and coaching or whatever he did. But um, I think there's a lesson there for all of us. You're right, Todd. Uh, You know, when you posture yourself with the right person, proximity equals power so if you play any kind of sports like golf or basketball or tennis or soccer or football you know whenever you're around people that are you know a lower level with you and you compete naturally we get worse or our level goes down when you go to a higher level where they're better than you you naturally get better because the competition is harder and when you go to someone that is at an elite level um, there's such a huge gap and abyss that if you have the right kind of um, grit, we call it passion and perseverance, it will help you close that gap. And I found that to be true. Um, I was mentored by a 10-figure sales coach. That's 10-figure with a capital B. He's a billion-dollar closer. And I had what I call the hour of power. Every Thursday, I see a 12 to 1 p.m. call. You know, some of the other sales gal- guys or gals did not make it or could not make it come hell or high water. I made sure I did not miss it because I knew that, you know, cause I'm a futurist and strengths finders. I knew that time is short and I know that every single hour that I have with him is worth millions and millions, if not billions of dollars. So I would be on every single call. I would watch his body language. I would observe his tonality. I would watch his tempo. I'm a musician. So I try to tr- take track and take notes of all these things and catch the nuances. Um, try to, impersonate his intuition and his um, language pattern and pattern interrupts. And I learned and I absorbed like a sponge and I took copious notes and then I tried to practice, even if it wasn't natural to me. 
And like you said, that proximity equals power when you're around people that will help you level up. So who, who are you trying to get in proximity with currently? Or who are you? Sorry, say that one more time. So you mentioned uh, you, you spent this time with the sales mentor. And so where you're at, where you're at in your life right now, do you have that person or those people around you right now? Or are you in between uh, mentors? Yeah. Uh, I have a mentor for almost every area of my life. <laughs> so if you're ready to take a laundry list of people who are not teaching dentists, doctors, or lawyers, uh, mm-hmm. I have a mindset mentor. I have a health mentor or coach. I have a, I just hired a piano coach. I just hired a golf swing coach. So I have a mindset coach. I have a health coach. I have a live launch coach. I have a video coach. I have a uh, visibility coach. I have a spiritual prayer coach. Um, I have a mastermind coach that is, uh, he's, what is his numbers? I think he's helped his clients um, generate $100 million. So I'm in a current mastermind with him. I got a one-on-one call with him later this week. So every area of my life that I want to improve on and get 1% better every day, I do what I do best and I outsource the rest. And I hire the best of the best that I can afford um, or even as a stretch goal with my finances to make me a better person and level up in every area of my life. Outstanding. So your business now is uh, the sales coaching business, 18 months old, roughly? Uh, about about um, 13, 13 months. 13 sorry, months. no, no, that's not so, right. January, February, March. So, uh, sorry, 15 months. 15 still months. Fairly, <clears throat> so still fairly young? Yes. So what's it like? So at some point you you... You said, "Hey, I'm I'm putting this, I'm hanging the shingle out. I'm I'm doing this for real." Uh, tell us about about that. What was it that finally made you say, "Yep, I'm. This is. I have no doubt. This is where I'm being led. I'm going to do this." Um, and then what the journey's been like? Yeah. So in terms of numbers, because you know I was down to a thousand dollars a month um, for my salary, I had to make ends meet. So with the acquiring of the skills, you know, <clears throat> I had a hard time dreaming because of the limited finances. And even though I had faith for it and I prayed for it, practically there was little to no way unless mana or gold or Bitcoin or or Apple stocks fell from heaven <laughs> that I could, you know, afford to rebuild our home, which was in dire straits, like 68, 60 to 80 years old, falling apart. <clears throat> I'm in the basement now because of this business, because we are able to build a new home. Um, how was it like? It was, it was very difficult, you know, um, because closing on a commission base, hundred percent commission, let's say I closed, um, a hundred thousand dollars a month, which was something I did consistently more than that. And I made 10% of cash collected. So I'm doing a little bit of math, mental math. <clears throat> if I closed 10%, I, sorry, if I closed a hundred thousand dollars cash and my commission was 10% of cash collected, I would make $10,000 monthly, uh, revenue or income, sorry. So that's a great living compared to 1000. That's 10 times what I was making. So that's a much better living. So that was great. I loved it. And then when I launched my sales coaching business, you know, I went from zero to a hundred thousand dollars in 
100 days. So I did 64,000 in the first 30 days. So I thought, okay, I was at $1,000 raising support as a missionary. I went to 10,000 plus a month <clears throat> as a commission closer. And then I went to 64,000 in the first 30 days. So I'm like, maybe this will work from 1,000 <laughs> to 10,000 to 64,000. And so 15 months later, it's still working. Yeah, yeah. That, it, so that was definitely a trend in the right direction, right? <laughs> One to ten to sixty-four. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what has this done for you as a husband and dad? Now, now you're a business owner. Are you finding it? Um, how, how do you balance all that out and stay engaged and and so forth with with your bride and with your children? Mm, great question. I'll start with the. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I like to go in reverse because I like to end with the positive. The ugly part of it is, you know how people say when you have more money, you have more problems? Um, mm -hmm. That's true. And when pe people say money can't buy happiness, um, that is false. It can buy things that can make you happier or help you uh, fund projects uh, that are near and dear to your heart, like missionaries or, you know, helping you know, save children from trafficking. Like there's amazing things you can do with uh, the money that God has gifted you. Um, so the ugly part of it is, you know, now that we have more money, we have more expenses because we're living a different lifestyle. So all of our kids go to, all three of our kids go to Christian private school. Uh, we were able to purchase two new cars. We were able to rebuild our home, which is extremely expensive. Um, it's actually tapping us out with our cash flow just to be completely honest here. Um, mm -hmm. So even though you can make a lot more, if you're spending more or spending a lot more, that causes the ugly part of it, which is more more um, challenges. Uh, the bad part of it is, you know, sometimes the kids would be like, we have so much money, we can just buy whatever we want. And now there's a sense of entitlement, right? And without that perseverance, the, the, hard, the school of hard knocks that I had to go through where we had very little to no money, then developing that grit, which is a result of passion and perseverance, you know, people, you know, get lazy or people don't see the need to, you know, strive or survive or thrive. That's the, that's the bad and the ugly. The good part of it is it helps create a future where we can travel whenever we want, wherever we want, build a new home of our dreams. Um, it's able to help us give more to our local missionaries, our local church and passion projects than we ever have in our entire lifetime. And it gives us the flexibility you talked about time with your family. Like I'm taking tomorrow afternoon and Thursday afternoon to coach my, my daughter's soccer team. And last uh, week I was uh, coaching her volleyball team. And then I coach all of my three kids' soccer teams outside of school. So I have way more time and flexibility and freedom and finance to be able to spend higher quality um, and more quantity time with my family. And that is a, that's priceless. You can't put a price tag on that. It truly is priceless. Uh, and so it seems so often uh, we see, I see business owners, the business gets so much of them. Um, and, and even when they are, you know, having quote unquote family time, uh, the, the, the business is still there. The phone's there. The emails are being exchanged. And so I'm, yeah, I'm happy to hear uh, that you're able to just set it down, clock out for a little bit, coach soccer, be engaged, uh, be in the, 
being the dad that you're called to be. Super cool. So yeah, what's it's, it's on the horizon? As you, as you look to the future, the next year or three, um, what's, your, what's your direction? Where's God leading you? How does, you know, where do you see your business? Give us some insight into what, what the future holds. Yeah, the future holds whatever God has in mind. But if um, my future is aligning with God's future, <clears throat> then it's growing and scaling this company, transforming uh, a thousand lives in 2023. Uh, last year, I set up a goal for 100 and impacted 542. So I want to double that amount, um, get onto more platforms and podcasts. And, you know, thank you. That's why, you know, this is part of reaching my mission and vision for the future. So thank you for helping me fulfill that. That's a big part. <clears throat> um, in addition to growing and scaling this coaching company, uh, my dream is to start a nonprofit organization to help people who are you know, single moms or the next generation who don't have the funds and provide scholarships to help them acquire the skill sets to become sales ninjas so they can sell more to give more. And I want to fund uh, projects that help break the cycle of generational poverty so that I can also um, uh, send resources and fund to help stop child trafficking. And I know that I will need um, millions and millions of dollars to do that. So my goal financially is to, you know, do tens of millions a year, if not more. And that starts with, uh, you know, $1 months, uh, $100 months, $1,000 months, $10,000 months, $100,000 months, $1 million months, $10 million months, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, for folks that would like to uh, engage with you or come with you on that journey, uh, what's the best way for folks to to find more of the sales ninja? Yeah, thanks for asking. I mean, there's probably two main ways. Uh, if they go to my free Facebook group, there's a bunch of sales strategies, free videos, cheat sheets, and PDFs that you can get uh, for free at www.gosalesninja.com backslash Facebook group backslash sales ninja community. That was long. <laughs> so maybe we can put the link there. But um, the most the most uh, exciting part that I'm um, wanting to invite you all is to join my free masterclass next Thursday, April the 13th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's going to teach you how to launch and pre-sell a Black Belt Ninja offer, which is a high ticket offer that people will buy over and over again. And it helped me go from zero to $64,000. Uh, without having an offer, without having a pre-recorded video course um, and do $64,000 in the first 30 days. And that is a link I'll drop with you. Maybe that you could share with the rest of your audience. I will definitely put that in the show notes, Jay. Uh, thanks for being on today. Before, before I let you go, I'm wondering if you could share with the listeners one important or impactful question that they should be asking themselves oh wow oh man so this is i mean again it depends on who your audience is because um you know we're men of faith and we're followers of christ <clears throat> highly recommend watching the movie the shack it's on netflix um it really helped me understand better who god is and who he needs to be in my life one question that i would inspire and motivate and encourage all the listeners 
to have is whether you're including God in the equation. There's a scene in the movie, and I'll ruin just one part, where the disgruntled and um, um, the guy, the main character who had a hardship in his life, he really had a hard time believing in God and trusting God. And then he ends up in this whole new world where he's talking to God, uh, the Father, God, the Son, the Jesus, and God, the Holy Spirit. And in this scenario, he was um, walking on water with Jesus, and he was running and racing Jesus in the water, and he was having so much fun like a little kid. And then, um, you know, on another scene, the the gentleman uh, went back to the water and tried to run on the water, and he started to sink. And Jesus went to him and said, it's a lot easier when it's with me. <laughs> walking or running on water is a lot easier when it's with me. And something that I've forgotten as a business owner, as a pastor, as a child of God is sometimes, or many times, if I'm being honest, I forget to include God in decision-making, in the business, in the trials and tribulations. And I was reminded that every single day, every breath, every decision, um, whether it's breath prayers or whether it's like breathing, I need to say, God, help me. I don't know anything and I need your help. So I'm trying to practice that more and live uh, like I really believe it and know it to be true. That was amazing. Uh, there's a what, what I, I'm going to repeat. I think the core of that was, are you including God in the equation? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Definitely. Thanks, Jamie. This has been a pleasure, man. I'm so grateful for you. Thanks for being on. Uh, would love to have you back sometime. I uh, really appreciate you and everything you're doing. So thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And listeners, thank you for being here as well. Wouldn't This would be nothing without you. So thank you for tuning in. Before we leave, uh, remember whatever grand vision you've been given, whatever dream God has put on your heart, you can. Until next time, be bold, be humble, stay healthy. Stay hopeful and live life strong. Peace to you. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.